0: Hey guys, this is Hampton Harmon. I'm one of the college pastors at Shannon Baptist and the host of the More and More podcast. I just sat down with Iman Bolden to talk about race and church and culture and whatever else. She's awesome. And this podcast is gonna blow your mind. So uh, without any further ado, introducing the lovely Iman Bolden. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Iman Bolden on the third episode of the More and More podcast. Iman is here today as a former student at Shannon College and at the University of South Carolina to talk about racial reconciliation and the church's role in that. Iman, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. How are y'all? I'm good.
0: (laughs) I'm doing uh, peachy. Um, Iman, let's start off with this. Tell us who you are. Uh, Yeah. Who are you? That's the biggest question I think everybody wants to know is who is Iman Bolden. (laughs) Wow.
1: What a, what a, yeah, I feel. Um, so I'm Iman, and I just graduated from USC. I mm. majored in international studies and got some minors that people don't care about. And I live here in Cola and just graduated. I mean, I'm trying to figure out who I am right now.
0: Heard that. Um, so basically, we are going to talk about racial reconciliation in the church. We're just going to get it out there. You're African-American. I am black, yes. <laughs> you go to a predominantly white church. Predominantly is a pretty generous word.
1: Yes, and I have so for like my entire
0: life. Okay, cool. Pretty much, yeah. So I would love to know, just jumping in, what do you think is the current state of race in gospel-centered churches? Of which, our church is one, but what do you think is the current state of race in gospel center churches?
1: I don't know. That's such a joke. General... I mean, like, yeah, a it's huge, a huge question. A We're going to try question.
0: to funnel it down. But that's a huge question. Give us your general thoughts.
1: Well, first, I just want to say, like, I am not the representative of all black people. Yeah. And uh, I think that that's just something that, you know, I, I sort of feel a pressure, not just in this conversation, too, but in, like, growing up in a predominantly white church, hmm. churches, you're always the example of what black is, like, what, yeah. you know, just like people have a very limited um, exposure yeah. to black people or the people that I've dealt with, um, mm. I think. And uh, you get kind of pinned as like the spokesperson. And I just wanna say that I'm definitely not. I don't, <laughs> I, it doesn't, I'm not at all saying during this conversation yeah. that I share all the experiences that other black people have. I think I right. share a lot, but I don't share all the experiences of them and I can't speak for all of them. Right. so... Race in the church, I think it's getting more—I think it's getting closer. I think it's getting— Yeah, you think we're moving forward? I think we're moving forward for sure. I think that—I think race in the church, it's so— It's One thing that really bothers me is that, like, I feel like people, they're more political than they are Christian sometimes, Mm. and I see that so much in our churches, especially growing up. Like,
0: I— you grew up I, in the South. I grew so up in the South.
1: Yeah, I moved to the South when I was really young. Yeah. And I was in a predominantly white environment, pretty young in my life. Yeah. And it is now looking back, you know, I've just now gotten to the point where I'm like looking back and seeing all the stupid crap that happened <laughs> in the past. We're looking at all the things that, wow, you would not tolerate that now. Thank God. Like God yeah. has like shown you and he's exposed you and he's exposed the lies and the mm. stuff that was around you when you were younger. And it's just a lot of... There's a lot of culture, I think, preached at church. Not not necessarily from the pulpit, sometimes from the pulpit that I've seen. But more so like from from some, you know, just from the people you're dealing with. They they're they're more adamant about preaching, you know, their their cultural beliefs than they are about the gospel. Right. So that's that's frustrating. But I think that as it's kind of, I think it's kind of bad, but it's kind of good yeah. as our country moves into a place where we're more yeah. candid about the past, we're more accepting of reality, and we're more critical of you know things like racism and all of these, all of the things that go into that. Like the church is kind of like, oh yeah, 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 like we we probably should say something about that. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. we should probably be real about that, yeah. or we should probably you know see what the gospel has to say about that. Mm. Not so much what our what our experiences
0: are. Yeah. So you mentioned at the very outset you're not the spokesperson for black people, for Black America, for any of the, you know, the labels. How do we so something I struggle with is how do I get the experiences or learn about the experience of a black person in our church, in my community, in whatever, without making them feel like they're the the token black person or that I'm assuming that their opinions apply to every black person. I I struggle with how do I enter these conversations? What's the entry point for the conversation um, without making you or anybody else feel like I've, I'm have i assuming that you're going to be able to tell me what, what it's like to be a black person?
1: Yeah. I think you just got to be honest. I've never been angry at anyone for being like, you know, hey, can I ask you about this? Like, what's your experience with this? Yeah. Like, how does it feel? mm mm-hmm. Have you really experienced racism? Have you, you know, how do you feel when people say this? Like, I've always appreciated that. Mm. But I think that you should always, like, don't don't assume that. Yeah. I, like, don't assume that, you know, they want to talk about it. Yeah. I think it's like any other special trait of a person. Yeah. <laughs> like, just because you are, you know, right. Did like, just because, like, I grew up with a single mom doesn't mean I want to talk. Like, I want to talk about it all the time or right. something. Just... I think being honest, though, just being like, hey, I don't know anything about this. (laughs) You obviously have had a different life experience than me, maybe. I'm guessing. Right. So what was that like? You know,
0: Mm.
1: how did that affect you? Am I wrong in thinking this? I think you just got to be honest. Hopefully you've got some friends that you can uh, just be honest with and say hey I think I hold this really dumb belief or at least this belief that hasn't been challenged yet Yeah. what do you think about that Mm. and if you don't have some people around you that don't look alike like I I was thinking today just like thinking about this conversation we're going to have how much of a luxury it is to have grown up with people who don't look like you
0: yeah that's good
1: and who like have different experiences than you. So, like, my mom, like, she wasn't born in the U.S. There's one more thing that I've interacted with enough to demystify. So it's like, if if you're, you know, in rural white America, you don't deal with any black people, you don't deal with anyone who looks different than you, it's so easy to see how those weird and wrong beliefs could survive mm. as opposed to like if you're around people who don't look like you all the time you're always having conversations you're always being candid um those things get will get choked out you know yeah. it's hard to stay ignorant when you're around people yeah who don't look like you.
0: <laughs> i think yeah i think honesty seems to be the easiest way in like i don't know what this conversation even looks like from your end, like I don't even know if my questions are going to make sense, and vice versa. Yeah, like same, same. If your answers, I might not even. I have. I mean, we've had pieces of this conversation, I think, before you and I, and like there are times where you'll say something like, "I have no idea what that's even like." <laughs> like I have no idea. And, so. and,
1: and the same too. Like uh, <laughs> sometimes I feel bad. <laughs> like I feel bad for some of my friends because I know, like, uh, I know they just don't get it. Yeah. And uh, it's just so much grace, obviously, to, to give one another like
0: in yeah. conversations like these. Mm. Well, thank you for having this conversation. I would love to talk to you about, um, and <laughs> they're in quotes in my notes, right? But uh, your thoughts on, quote, white churches versus black churches. So um, I know in the community that I grew up in, and this is just me exploring my own ignorance with you, right? So I grew up in a church that, in the 18 years that I attended, I attended the same church since I was like born. I was uh, like dedicated in this church right as a baby. So I grew up in this church, and probably in 18 years, I've seen less than 10 black people enter the church. Um, and that was, uh, we were a church in Myrtle Beach. There's plenty of black people. It's not, it, we're not in rural white America. The population didn't match at all. So, um, even driving by churches like the AME church that was down the road from where I live, it was not the AME church. It was the black church downtown or whatever you want to call it. And it was always understood that they were going to be a little more vibrant and my church was going to be a little more uh, solemn, I guess I'll say. And so the, the idea was there's some clear differences here. And so I know you grew up in what I would call white churches. What do you? Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the distinction that we make? First of in-
1: all, I hate that. <laughs> I, hate, I hate those terms. Yeah, but they point to a reality. Right. I hate that, right. and like I usually like people are like, "Oh, you go to a white church." I'm like, "My church is no, it's actually brick." Like, like I try to I try to roast them a little yeah. bit because I'm like I, I want to point that out that you know this is yeah. not. It frustrates me, but it's right. been a reality. like I've gone to white churches and mm-hmm. um definitely you know, had some weird experiences because of that. Yeah, but I think that I'm sorry, I feel like I might be getting away from your question, but I will say I think that that points to my goal has always to been not my goal has always been, but I think that a great goal mm. would to be to go to a church that reflects the community around it, yeah, like, that's great. You know, Columbia, here we've got, you know, pretty much down— pretty much 50-50. Pretty much 50-50. Yeah. And, like, my dream for Shannon is that it would just be 50-50. Yeah. And so, like, uh, not trying to overhaul, you know, a white church to become a black church or a black church to become a white church, but that a church would reflect its community because the gospel you're preaching at that church is not, you know, some country club, you know— comfortable thing for the struggles right. or the privileges of that group of people. But the gospel attracts everybody. Like, yeah. the gospel is like, you you preach it right and yeah. you get it out there, you're going to, I mean, heaven, what's that? Like, heaven's yeah. going to be like, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be crazy. It's going to be everybody. And so yeah. the fact that our churches aren't, I think that should really alarm us mm. that they don't, again, like, I'm not looking, I'm not critical of, yeah. you know, a church in the woods in Louisiana right. around in a predominantly black neighborhood, like black yeah. environment, neighborhood, whatever. I wouldn't say, oh, that church not 50-50. That church is doing horrible. No. Right. But, you know, a church in like a really diverse city who's only yeah. got white people in it. Right. I would say, let's think. Let's think yeah. about what we're preaching.
0: Right. And vice versa. So something I've experienced is I've—, I've preached in one, again, quote, black church or predominantly black church. And I've, I've preached in many <laughs> churches that I would say is, are predominantly white. And it's like the same on both sides of the aisles. Like it's monolithic in communities on both sides. So there's no way a, a, as I look at it um, that we shouldn't be alarmed by in our city or Myrtle Beach that by churches that are 100% white or 98% white and 98% black, we should be able to say both of this, these are, there's some problems on both yeah. of these. Um, what is the way forward? Because when I worship at a, at a church um, like Shandon or like my home church, there seem to be some clear differences than the, the African-American community um, and their churches. There seem to be some clear differences. And I even think too, like, the lunch table I grew up going to was was as monolithic as my, my, my church. So yeah. um, how deep does the problem go and how do we begin to solve it, I guess, is my question. You have
1: to realize that historically mm. and probably still now in a lot of places, yeah. black and white people in America have two different life experiences. Mm. And so there are two different no, – there aren't two different gospels, but there are two different – Messages that can you know appeal to them more. Yeah. And so, obviously, you want to speak to the issues and you want to speak to the the, the struggles of the community that you're in. Right. But I think that it, it I think that it's showing that we're not we're missing something. You know, mm-hmm. if we're if you're in like a poor poorer area. And your gospel is really centered around we're going to get through this. Don't worry, bad times are going to be over. Um, You know, we're going to pray. God's going to get us the rent money. Yeah, that you know we see what those churches produce, and we see that how that could stay that way. Mm. And then we've got the God's going to keep our country the way it is. We've been blessed Mm. with this, you know, just this very Mm. American. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it makes me, it yeah. it gets under my skin a lot. Cuz <laughs> yeah. it's just like it, it's just not the gospel. It's just not the gospel. Right. It's us roping our culture into J- Jesus Jesus's
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: Jesus put your stamp on this. Right. I really like this political party. I yeah. think you're I think you like it too.
0: <laughs> I, I'm going to leave that alone. Um I um, <laughs> no, that's good. I think um for me, it starts at like the ground level of like I can't be preaching reconciliation in my church if my dinner table is monolithically one race. Any race, doesn't matter. And so like for me, I had friends growing up that were African American, but they weren't my best. They didn't crack the inner circle. And so a lot of times I feel like reconciliation is this giant task um, that is like I can't even wrap my brain around what it would take for our city to be racially reconciled, especially considering the recent history. Um, so what can the individual do to begin to see reconciliation? I think it starts with honesty, like you said before, but um, especially for the, the Christian, what does it look like uh, to begin to see reconciliation just in, in your personal life?
1: I think exposure. Exposure, Like, you've got, like, um, like I said, a luxury of my life is I've always been around, like, you know, I, I've always been around people who didn't look like me. Mm. And my family always kind of had just, like, this history of being, like, international, of being, you right. know, like, different things. You've got to, I don't know, sit, sit with someone new, you know, yeah. invite somebody over. You know, these are all, I feel like they're, like, the corny ways yeah. that people always tell you to solve issues. But, like, but we don't
0: do them, so well, you don't, corny like, might be good. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Like, yeah.
1: actually... Mm-hmm. You know, start a conversation with someone you don't know. Maybe yeah. you fail. Maybe you offend someone the first time. You know, maybe right. you're like you bring things up to the wrong person and they're not down for whatever conversation you're trying to start. But I think mm-hmm. it comes with like just exposure. Yeah. That's the way that that's the way I got it. Yeah. That's the only way I know how to tell someone to get it. It's like you got to you got to start hanging out with people who don't look like you. You got to start hanging out with people who don't have the same experiences yeah. as you. And even if you don't have exposure to it yet, just start to, like, look up, try to familiarize yourself with their ideas, with their experiences. Like, mm. start reading some books, you know, yeah. of people who aren't like you. Because you just have to, like, understand that your reality is not the only reality, mm. that your life it's experience good. is not the only one. It's really good. And, like, it's, it's. I mean, I've had some friends growing up in, in Gaffney. It's really frustrating for me at the time. It's like, I had some friends who were pretty racist. Yeah. And... I, like, hated it at the same time. When I was younger, I felt like, you know, I only had so many people to choose from. So I had to interact with racists, like, on a daily basis. But there were some people that I was—also, I would say if you're black or if you're, you know, maybe someone who's less understood in your situation— it is it's a burden. Yeah. But understand that. You you're probably maybe the only black person that, that per that, that person interacts with daily yeah. or interacts with regularly. And I've kind of I've understood that about myself. And I'm like, I'm gonna
0: yeah.
1: I'm gonna interact with these people, I'm gonna show them. I'm gonna be honest about my yeah. experiences so they understand that there's more to life than what they've seen.
0: Yeah. I think something even in you and I's friendship that's been really cool is I don't know that we ever said this, but at least implicitly, we gave up the right to be offended, I think, a long time ago in these conversations. And so I know me, I'll just say something outlandish, and you'll just like, I'll see you, blanch, and then it'll like roll off your back, and I'll be like, well, thank you for grace. I'll just <laughs> like say it in my head. I probably should say it now yeah. uh, on air. Thank you for grace, but...
1: Um, no, that, I think that's a huge part of it, too, yeah. is like, if <laughs> how many friends would some of us have, like, if we cut everyone off after they said something dumb or said something (laughs) offensive. Like we kind of have to hash that out. You know, I've looked at like... One thing growing up A lot of people would tell me Iman you are, You're so white Like Iman you act so white mm-hmm. And like For a while It took me It took a while To gain the confidence uh, Just in myself And and the in like the confidence In Christ To say Nah you can't say that to me yeah. and I remember distinctly Like when I was On a run with my friend She was like yeah. You know but like You're not like Those other black people Like you're You're white Yikes. Like you're You you know You're yeah. I think of you as white Like a bunch of my friends Thought that was a compliment To me growing right. up and it took me meaning a while. white is
0: better meaning
1: like hey like you don't you
0: don't talk like a
1: black person you talk like a white person and you're you're totally like oh just like or like
0: ugh. I don't want to even say this but like an Oreo people have said I've heard that before Yeah, it's like, like
1: Oreo or like what even does that mean some <laughs> of like some people but it was just ways to explain away how me being myself challenged the the beliefs that they held about all mm, black people that's good because it's like if if you're interacting with me and I'm not fitting the stereotype in your head about all black people. Right. You can either say okay, well I was wrong about black people or you can say well this one's just an outlier. Like Iman, you're 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 but you're white. Like you're yeah. you're not like those other black people, like right. you know. And that I, I had to like talk to my friends going to be like you you I'm not white. I'm not white. Look right. at me. Am I white? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not white.
0: So don't Yeah, and what does it say about Myself, anybody who says that, if we assume that all black people are going to act a certain way, if we've stereotyped and, and then vice versa, even like what, you know, if I, it's just a ridiculous type of Yeah,
1: you also situation. have to think about what type of compliment is that? Yeah. Because a lot of people said that to me as a compliment. Right. So what do you mean? So you're like. Oh Iman, but you act so white. That's don't worry, like we're not talking about yeah. you. We're, white is good. White is good. White means you know you speak properly. White means you've you're you're exactly what we think is great. And then if you're like, oh, she acts black, she's acting like, you know, then wow, what do you mean? What what does black Ugh, mean to you? Yeah. Uh, so definitely there's some conversation. Yeah, just hash it out with your friends and, and yeah. also like have grace and rec- and like I, I looked up this verse today and I, I, I won't hit that yet, but like <laughs> um just understand—I think me knowing how much—how forgiven I am yeah. by Christ, how reconciled I've been, mm. where he's taken me from, yeah. then it gives me the juice to be, yeah. Um, okay, yeah, what you said was super racist, yeah. but don't worry, you're still my friend, but you can't say that anymore. And those—yeah, right. we just got to burn those thoughts. Like, they just got to—they yeah. have to be exposed. Yeah. And then, like, no. And
0: I think understanding reconciliation— doesn't happen if you, if you say, I forgive you, but keep people at arm's length, right? Reconciliation is yeah. Christ has brought me in as the offender and has brought me in as the one who has cursed him at every moment and has done everything I could possibly do to, to offend him. Yet he is, I'm at one with Christ. And so yeah. like, doesn't it's not reconciled if we say, oh, our city doesn't have racial tension, but we still do church separately. We still do Life separately, we still don't talk about our experiences. Yeah.
1: I think what you're kind of pointing at is, like, you know, the people who experience their friends saying something weird like that or experience, like, black people experience white people saying things, white people experience black people saying things, and still saying, oh, but we can, you know, we can still hang out. We can still be close. Yeah. And uh, I just think that that's huge. It sucks. I mean, Mm -hmm. it sucks all day, but it's, like, I don't know, like, how how else – If you shun, if you shun racists, they'll continue to be racist.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: you're not going to, like, that's not going to help anything.
0: Mm, That's good. So one of our questions is, does the church reflect the state of our society? So what I mean by that is, is the church less divided than our society? Because it's no secret that our society is probably as divided as it's been um, since civil rights. Obviously, civil rights, the civil rights era was probably our, our most divided time after slavery, right? There's been... Periods of our time that have been more divided than others. Um, Usually war serves to bring us together. But um, do you think the church reflects the political climate? Do you think it's as divided as we are racially in America? Or do you think the church is a step ahead?
1: I think the church reflects it. Mm. From my perspective, I don't think that the church is a a step ahead. I think that maybe some educate—like, when I think of places that are— less segregated you know where I would I would think oh the schools I would think oh like you know education people who yeah. are looking to like you know uh, these higher education places like they're they're getting it right yeah I don't know they're they're definitely experiencing more diversity I think than churches yeah um and that's that I mean that's sad yeah but I think that I think we just have to be honest I I mean they're great churches yeah. that are gonna put out Tons of content that we, you know, the ones that we think about that are doing it right, that right. are putting out the right stuff about it. But like every day, like you know, churches, like the ones we go to every Sunday. Right. No, I don't think so.
0: Hmm. I don't yeah. mean to be. Yeah, no, no, no. I think that's that's. <laughs> I don't mean to be uh, negative, but I just that, mean that's to a be sobering thought, though, yeah. that you you say that because um, I <laughs> I was struggling even writing that, thinking through that question on my own is like. I would like to say we're a step ahead. I would also like to be honest, <laughs> and so I've got a. I've been thinking maybe we're somewhere in between. Of like, we're not stuck in the mud. We're not a step ahead, but at least we're not stagnant. And the society to me looks looks like it's dividing more. And I think we are, at, you know, getting closer. I think was what you said earlier. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're ahead. So I'm, I've been trying to think through that on my own. Is I work in the church, so I can feel like we're moving, but then when I look at the needle, a lot of times it doesn't seem like it's moved a whole lot. So we're um, growing but not moving is is my opinion on it. So I totally understand where, where you're coming from at least. Um, this is a question I've been thinking about. So the question is, who bears the burden of reconciliation within churches? What I mean by that is I heard um, lately someone say that the it is the oppressor's burden to reconcile, meaning— um, White people have traditionally been the oppressor, and that's certainly true. There's no denying that. That's that's obvious, right? Um, and so, therefore, it's not um, the oppressed uh, person's job to reconcile. Meaning, we forced, uh, and there's history there of, of we through slavery and not allowing black people into our churches, we forced black congregations to exist. And so, do we bear the burden of fixing that problem since we started it? Or is it? Does that burden lie on both sides of the aisle to begin to extend a hand? What are your thoughts?
1: Selfishly, I'd love to say that. <laughs> no, it's the oppressor. Like yeah. no, they they have some sorries right. to say right. and some. But that's just that's just not the case. Yeah. And uh, I think I've seen, you know, it, like it. It sucks, but yeah. I've seen so much power. Yeah. In the people, like the people who are oppressed. Right. The people offering forgiveness the people saying yeah yeah I'm I'm not gonna I think it was really cool like uh I was listening to a midtown midtown sermon like a really long time ago and it was he was talking about how and I don't even know if we were talking he was talking about race but he was talking about how the pendulum swings yeah about how okay well we want to correct racism with the other side with a different type of prejudice we want to correct sexism with the other side of sexism yeah and how the pendulum swings. We're like, no, we, we don't want the pendulum to swing back to the opposite. We don't yeah. want it to go from 10 to negative 10. We want it to be at zero. Right. And so I think that's it comes in people not taking revenge, yeah. people forgiving, people saying, yeah, yeah, what you said, it. no, what you did, what you perpetrated, what you've, yeah. what you've supported, the system that you've created, the system that yeah. you continue to support, I forgive you because Christ yeah. has forgiven me. I just think there's more power in that, and I think yeah. there's more there's more strength for um mm. the oppressed to move on because yeah. if we wait, really if you wait if the oppressed wait for the oppressors to say sorry, right, where are we gonna be yeah <laughs> like, it's like in yeah, yeah it's like anything <laughs> it's like good. if you're waiting for someone to say sorry to you to move on to think differently it's really good. you're good luck like it's just not gonna happen, but also when you're when you're giving out forgiveness yeah. and when you're being gracious mm. don't like don't get that mixed up with accepting or the past or letting it right. letting it still happen
0: i think a large part of this conversation for me is the way that communities so the black community the white community i would even say the southern community versus northern west like and, and I'll explain like the way we view history is often so different. So like yes. there's, there's, I know people that take so much pride in being a Southerner, right? Yeah. And it, this is where the, the Confederate flag comes into play of like that, people say it's a symbol of, of Southern heritage, which on some level it is. Now, when you start talking about what that heritage entails, <laughs> It becomes that becomes really problematic, yeah, like treason, <laughs> right? Yeah, treason, uh, a lost war, yeah, violent racism, yeah. like yeah. So we get it, um, but I think also like the the black community a lot of times looks at the white community now and says you're the identification seems to be with um, well in the past your community has oppressed us and now you're profiting off a system that has oppressed us. Whereas people like me, and I've said it, so again, just putting my own stuff out there is like, well, I didn't though. So I I'm, I profit off of good choices that my parents made. Yeah. Um, and they profit off of good choices that their grandparents made. Was there racism when my grandparents were around? Sure. Am I a racist? No. And so a lot of times it becomes a, it almost like our terms are different. Whereas um, people are, I get counted in the oppressor category without actually having committed the action of oppressing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also understanding that, historically, two generations, not that long ago. Um, and so trying to figure out, even as I walk through this conversation and walk through this journey of trying to understand the issues, how, where I—where do I fit in? As someone who is seeking daily to try to be honest about my own beliefs, my own opinions, and also my own attitudes towards other people of all races, where do I fit into this historical um I guess element of historic racism the the institutionalization of racism where do I fit in as an individual who harbors in my opinion very <laughs> no racist opinions right I'm uh, I on mean, record saying that uh, I might have some some ignorance for yeah, sure I think I yeah, have, yeah. I mean I'm not, um, not that i can't. But think trying of to I guess trying to figure out like how do I break the system Without admitting to sins that I haven't committed, does that yeah. make sense?
1: I think it's we have to think of it as like an inheritance yeah we've all we've all like I can't you know, right. hopefully I will do a good job in this life to leave something mm. to my kids, yeah, did they earn it? no, right. I gave it to them, whether they wanted it or not, yeah, the bad things and the good things we've all inherited. Mm-hmm. away like we came into this world like right who like we we're babies like and there were things decided about us there were yeah. things that were realities set for me there were realities set yeah. for you not as our color our sex all, yeah. all of those things and I think there's a point of awareness it's like sure. okay I'm I'm a girl these are the perks that I get that boys don't get okay now I see it then I have to decide how I'm going to benefit from it. Right? What? How much of an advantage am I going to let happen in my life? How much special treatment will I take? How much, you know? How? How? You know? Like it's. You have yeah. to. You really have to. Police yourself. I think a lot. Yeah. A lot of the times, because it's like you have to decide. I'm not okay. With yeah. getting this for the wrong reasons. I'm not yeah. okay with being denied this for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And you have to say like the it's really you have to govern yeah. I feel like you in this world, like all the privilege, all the yeah all the things that people don't get, who's who's policing that you know right. I, I think you have to take it you have to take responsibility for mm-hmm. the things that are available to you, not available to others yeah and you have to say, well, that's I didn't earn that yeah. I, I didn't I wasn't given that for the right reasons. Yeah, You have to deny some things. That's super hard. Ask a, like ask a person, oh, I've been given privilege in this way, but I don't want to take it because I don't think you would yeah. give it to that other and where, person. Where
0: it's become tricky for me, I guess, just in examining my own life is like, I mean, I'm, I've been trying to evaluate this term white privilege, right, yeah. which is gets thrown around for almost everything now. Um, and where I, where I'm looking is like my parents— they made like legitimately good choices and they worked their behinds off to yeah. put me in a place. And so like how much of that is white privilege and how much of that is my parents just worked really hard and their parents worked really hard. Yeah. But, but then I look back, okay, four generations though, they might have worked hard, but they started at a totally different <laughs> starting line than a lot of their counterparts. And so like what is the yeah. – separate? how much separation am I away from legitimate racism Am I still profiting off of that? I guess only I can answer that or my family can answer that, right? And so I guess there's not a question at the end of this. I'm just talking through my own my own stuff. But it's like I'm trying to evaluate how much – I've made really good decisions in my life. I've made some poor decisions, but I've also made really good decisions. And so it's trying to figure out how much of that is I graduated college and, and made something of myself versus – also, I started in a really good spot, yeah. And so did my parents. And so did their parents. And so just. Trying and you had to parents that it. stayed
1: married, and you right. had,
0: and you were, you know, right. Born in, you, you right. had a and home, And so, you know, yeah. And so that's part of it. Is the inclination for me is like, is it white privilege that my parents stayed married, and and whoever's mm-hmm. parents didn't, and they they made your parents made a poor choice, right? And so that mm-hmm. is like an unfair thing to say, but it's also like it's true. My parents made good decisions. They stayed married. I was born in wedlock, and like. Mm-hmm. I guess you have to just. I guess you just have to. You have to see.
1: Like you have to ask yourself. Like if someone was black, Mm. had the very same, very same decisions that my parents made. Do Do you think they would be in the same position as you? Yeah. Like do and that's that's not really me asking you asking you to answer right now. Mm. But like, I look at my life and I'm like, if I was white, would my life be different? Yeah. I would say yes. Mm. I would say overwhelmingly yes.
0: Mm. And why do you think that? I, I let's mean, go down the rabbit hole.
1: Let's go. I think, I don't know. I don't want to get too much into like my my own, but.
0: Yeah, I you mean, can share whatever you want or not share whatever you want, but. I don't know, like. So it's it's hard on this side of the aisle for me to say no to that question because it just, I, I'm only operating off of my experiences. So I'm like, if, if someone of color made the exact same decisions and had the, had the same parents and granted their, their parents would have to be black. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, my inclination I, I would lean, yes, it would be the same, but I would have I'd have to take myself totally out of my experience to say that. Yeah.
1: I <laughs> would so say it's that hard for me. The ways that I see um, if I were white my life would be different aren't necessarily overwhelmingly institutional mm. because I still see my like I, there's no no part of me that says Iman, you're not blessed. like you are blessed. you have a, you have a degree? Like yeah. you, you live in America. Like you, you have a home. Right. You know, you're 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 doing well. You're doing right. fine. But it, em, emotionally, socially, mm. I know that my life would be different if I was white. And I think that that's played out in yeah. like
0: opportunities.
1: Um, okay. Not ones that I think. So do you have, think you've you
0: know, had less opportunities because you're black? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, think, I can't speak to that. So that I'm just no, a, I, Curiosity. I, totally.
1: No. Yeah. I think okay. that I've been. Less included in things I think that You know When you People Diversity is such like A, a buzzword You know yeah. People don't really mean anything By it yeah, When they I say don't things know what A it lot is, of the what It's times. so flighty that
0: I just don't yeah. know what it is
1: So I think there's like You know People who've looked at me And be like Oh you know Like we've we've met our quota Or <laughs> like you know Like you yeah. know Or just no, like that. in general yeah. You know Like right. there's like uh, Okay we're gonna Accept this amount We're gonna deal with this much But it's I think like, a
0: healthy view of diversity Yeah
1: Diversity, I think. Again, it's just like
0: that was our producer Caleb yeah, coming Caleb. in with a hot no, question. Okay. No, that's good. I think it goes back to what is diversity? Reflecting
1: yeah. the community in a way that's not like weird or offsets things. And it's not unnaturally. manufactured. Yeah. It's not manufactured unnaturally. So I think that our Columbia happens to be like fifty percent white, fifty percent black. Yeah. My goal, like, a, a, I think a great dream would that our churches reflect the communities yeah. that they're in because it shows that we're reaching everyone. Yeah. And that. The gospel is doing what it's supposed to do is he, people are hearing it and they're yeah. coming to Christ because mm. obviously there's nothing about the god like there's nothing about race that would make you more inclined to believe that Christ is Lord yeah you mm. know unless our gospel is more about like our culture and like our political yeah. beliefs and uh, the and gospel all
0: unfiltered is is for is everyone the June for and everyone time, for sure.
1: is I mean who doesn't want to
0: yeah. <laughs> Who so, doesn't? So this is a question um, to change subjects. This is a question I've been dying to get your opinion on. When I wrote this question, I was like, man, I gotta know what thinks." is there a way back for repentant racists and what is it?
1: I will say an overwhelmingly heck
0: yes. <laughs> okay. Heck, good. heck yes. I was hoping you'd say that. No, we were- when <laughs> I when I saw
1: this yeah. when I saw this yeah. um question, I got so excited. Yeah. And I it brought me to First Timothy.
0: Yeah. You're the first person to share scripture on the podcast explicitly, so I'm pretty oh pumped goodness. about it. First Timothy. Mackenzie tried a little bit, but it wasn't the same.
1: 115 that says, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom mm. I am the worst. Yeah. I'll I'll stop there. You, wanna, you guys keep like yeah. keep, obviously keep reading. But um <laughs> heck yeah. There's yeah. room for there's room for racists at the cross. Of course, because there's room for me.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Of
1: course, there's room for. Ra- I, <laughs> I and mean, I we got think, big
0: smiles on our face here at the More that, and More podcast today. Yeah.
1: I just think that, like, and and this is what's great is that racism. I mean, it's a it's a thought, yeah. it's a belief. Right. What do we know after exposure? And our, we our beliefs change all the time. Yeah. I believed in Santa at one point. Yeah. I think that a person can get over racism. Now I think there are obvious like. Consequences to the extent that sin is played out in your life. Now you talk. Yeah, Yeah. so many, like so, almost all of them. But like you know, the 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 person sitting in jail right now because they committed a hate crime. Right. Do I think they should be let out of jail? No. Yeah. But you know, the kid who's said horrible racist things to me when I was in high school or whatever.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, I hope. I hope that they've. That the gospel's latched onto them and just burned away all those dumb beliefs and things that have lived in his head. Like I, yeah. I hope that. Mm. Because it's been done for me. Yeah. So yes, there's room. There's room for racist because yeah. races don't have to be racist forever.
0: Right. And praise God. <laughs> and praise God. Praise <laughs> God. Because then there'll be some
1: more non racists yeah. on it. I think we just have, like have yeah. to welcome that. Like, why wouldn't you want people to right.
0: What do you think the the way back looks like? So obviously like part of me is like, well, they repent, like bring them into the fold, and that's true in one sense, but also like how do we how do we contribute to their process of sanctification? Like what is the immersion period like of like <laughs> you've got to figure we've got to figure out the a way rehab. Back. For, yes, what's rehab reha- look like for? rehab rehab for racism. Racism rehab. <laughs> Next time, <laughs> no, rehab for <just. laughs> racist. Here we go. First
1: of all, this person needs to come to the full. I, I I think that if you're gonna eliminate a bad theme in your life, you need to come in terms with how how wrong you were. Yeah. So I don't think we should be shy of. I don't think. We, oh you know, wasn't that bad. Like you know, I don't, yeah. I don't think we should be shy about. It's only
0: kind of I was only
1: kind to of- of- I know. <laughs> like we should not yeah. shy away from saying how sinful that is. Yeah. How how nonsensical it is to hold those beliefs. Right. We should also show so much grace yeah. and say how how could how could this racist belief survive in your life? Oh, it's because you didn't have any it's because you didn't see any people that didn't yeah. look like you. It's because you never heard from people who didn't have the same belief or same life experience right. or same very limited outlook on life as yeah. you. So exposure, I think I keep saying that over and over no, again. That's good. Exposure. exposure. And hopefully this person will get rid of the pride and renounce what they had, and uh, then we'll just pray that there are some people around them who don't look like them to forgive yeah. and to show, like, yeah, you're, you're forgiven like by Christ, but also um, that they'll be able to play out the opposite of what's happened in their yeah, life so far. That's good.
0: So next I want to hit you with some listener questions. Uh, there's two really good ones. So the first one um, was from a student... At- Student who uh, is I would call him mixed. I don't know how else to call him, but he's mm, yeah. um, parents. He's biracial, I guess. Yeah. Um, and his question is: uh, <laughs> For a mixed student, why do we put him in one camp or the other? And then, what is his role in racial reconciliation as someone who is biracial? How does he begin to have that conversation? Um, and so, I guess, yeah. You can parse that out however you want. I think that— What do you say to that person?
1: Okay, so I'm not biracial, so I can't speak for biracial people. Right. But um, I would say that this person has an—it seems that this person has an advantage. Yeah. That obviously, like, literally a mix of races lives inside of them. They are a mix of races. They are a reconciliation. They are, like, at some level. (laughs) Yeah. There's been some reconciliation. (laughs) uh, But—sorry, don't mean no offense. No, that's okay. But it's (laughs) like— Obviously, you're living proof that yeah. <laughs> colors don't. You know, yeah. they mix. They mix yeah. fine. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I would say, yeah, it, it sucks the way people look at that. Like yeah. the way that people are, like you know, you admit historically, you know, like the one drop rule. You know, the that the that you know, children of biracial. Like if you're if you're just one point one percent black, you're yeah. black because you're not white. You're not mm. white. You're not your you're, other, your yeah, other. or something, yeah. So hopefully we'll get to a place where it'll just be like, you're both.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think when I look at them, I'm
0: like, you're both. You are biracial. Yeah, you're, 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 you're biracial. You're biracial. your own, your own <laughs> like, category, yeah. Yeah,
1: you're, 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 yeah. you're see, I don't know. I, sometimes I think I look at them, I'm like, you're, you're both. Like, you're you're your own category, but you're kind of all of them at the same yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Will you experience, That's good. will you experience struggles of being black, some of them? Will you experience the struggles of being white, some of them? Will you experience struggles that neither hold, will
0: yeah new Whole str- struggles. new struggles?
1: Yeah. yeah. I just think that yeah. um, obviously from my perc obviously I don't understand all of the the turmoil that yeah. could be caused in a person who's just constantly being put in one camp or the other. Yeah. I would just say don't think don't think of yourself that way.
0: Yeah. And also, I just hate the label anyways, and you we touched on this already, so we don't have to dive into it, but the why do we put you in a certain camp? First, because you look different than me, so I'm going to naturally put you in the other camp. Or because once I meet you, you act in a way that I've assumed identifies you as one category or the other, which is a whole other set of problems that we've identified. Good things or bad things or black things or white things about you.
1: I Um, just haven't let my—like, you know, people just haven't let their brains understand, like, there's there's more than just, you know, A
0: or B. Yeah, and I'm trying to think through, like, what would my life— be like if I was the white friend and not Hampton yeah. Yeah. you know like if I was hey that white guy You'd that goes very, to our church I would
1: say that you would be very frustrated
0: yeah I can, I can see that thanks <laughs> 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 thanks for letting me in yeah. your face said it all right there that was funny um, uh, second question is uh, from one of our listeners Hannah she said um, she wants to know what is the individual's role in racial reconciliation? We kind of touched on that within the church. Um, and then what can the church as a whole be doing? So how do we start m- moving the needle forward? So specifically in a church context, what does the individual do? We touched on this a ton, but in the church context, reaffirm what you've said. Does that make sense? No. Can okay. Like institutionally? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so basically— Like church and institution yeah like how do we as individuals in the church begin to move away like the programs are going to be in place, you know the all kinds of stuff that we do for racial reconciliation or we the programs we put in place, but what does the individual uh, begin to do within church? so what what does a Christian individual do for racial reconciliation for the church as a whole? Does that make sense? Yeah, okay.
1: I think that exposure kind of mm. build on that again, yeah. exposure. Kind of I would I would challenge some people to visit some predominantly black churches if they go yeah. to a predominantly white church and, go vice, to predominantly, versa, yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. Because uh, it's it's I think you'll start to see the mm. difference.
0: Yeah.
1: Um in in the issues tackled and the things addressed. Yeah. I think from church leadership, yeah, we we gotta use the gospel like it's supposed to be yeah. used, you know, to Be a light in the darkness To to like To like Be bold To say like Well what does the gospel Have to say about this You know Mm. Not looking for You know Every sermon to be Hot topics Or whatever But uh Definitely Be more honest Tackle more things I don't know I think I think the church Just like sits the sidelines Too much When we have The best news About anything And everything
0: Yeah and it's true
1: And it's true
0: (laughs) It's so true Yeah So That's good
1: For sure Whip your Bible out. Yeah. And and what does this have to say? Like, okay, you believe that? Yeah. Okay, let me look at my Bible. All
0: right. You yeah. like And if the gospel reflects every reality, it certainly touches on race, it touches on refugees, it touches on everything. Yeah. So allow it to touch everything.
1: Allow it to touch yeah. I would say like stop being fearful. No, that's good. Um stop and this is again, it's like where we where we, you know, want to do the parts of the gospel that we're comfortable with or, you know, want to talk about Talk about things that we're comfortable with. Yeah, Preach in a way that, you know, doesn't really ruffle our feathers. Preach to who no. really doesn't ruffle our feathers. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just no, going to say good. exposure again. Yeah, like no, Expose yourself. And, and I think from church leadership, so this is kind of like not a hot topic, but this could frustrate some people or make some people angry. I know that some churches have really sought to purposefully hire and purposefully staff yeah. in a more diverse way. Yeah. Or in a making sure that you have these opinions around you. Yeah. I think that's super I think that's super important too. Yeah. It goes along with exposure, but it's like you are you're building you're building something, yeah. you're you're Choosing to reach people, yeah. look at who's helping you make these yeah. ideas. Look at you know is are are the people too alike? Yeah. Do you have some outliers? Do you have some people because right. I think
0: are you living in an echo chamber or yeah, are you living outside? Because yeah. what's what's
1: really great <laughs> is that when it's gospel centered, yeah, and an idea that can pass through all these different life experiences, pass through all these different brains, all yeah. these different opinions. It's great. What comes to the top, you've probably got something awesome there. And you've probably yeah. got something really gospel-centered, because what what the heck are we going to agree on? <laughs> like, yeah. if, you, if like you've yeah. got these people who've lived this one life, right. and then people who've lived on this other side, right? show me something that those people can argue about, that they can not argue, that they can agree about, yeah. and that they've prayed about, yeah. and that they've gone to God about. Yeah, I, I think you've probably got some great stuff. Like, yeah. you've got some great stuff.
0: And I think it's two-sided. So... Black churches and white churches, as you know, if I can label them, right? They've got to be willing to hire diversely. Yeah. But also, individual ministers got to be willing to work d- diversely, right? Yeah. Um. I'm not saying that I'm going anywhere, right? But if I were looking for a job as a minister, I've got to be willing to consider every church that agrees on the gospel. Like I've, I've got to be able to say, I'm going to serve in a context that is going to be tough for me. In order to forward this conversation forward, if I want the church to look like heaven, then I've got to be willing to pay the price for that and vice versa.
1: Yeah, and uh, you've also got to understand what, what's going on with the world. I think yeah. I, I meet a lot of people, or I know a lot of people, and I've been the person who's yeah. been so Christian, they don't know what's going on in the right. world. <laughs> who are like, you know, too Christian to watch a little bit of the yeah. news, too Christian to, you know, Yikes. to yeah. you know to read a newspaper, to, mm-hmm. to understand the issues. Of the people around you. Yeah. you you think you're
0: gonna go carry the gospel yeah. to these people. See, but I you don't even it. know what they deal with. I tend to go to the opposite side of the spectrum of like I'll read every news article available to me and I haven't read my Bible no, in a year or no, so. I'm and t- that's, trying to and that's, it's good that we're on the No, sides that's of who spectrum. I yeah.
1: no, that's what yeah. I struggle with too. I'm like, yeah. Oh, I'll
0: watch all the documentaries, yeah. I'll, pendulum, I'll do them, right? I'll do everything. Yeah. yeah. So That's good. Yeah. All right. My last question on race, and then we're going to radically switch gears and talk about some some headlines yeah. uh, from the past week. We talked about the church looking like the community. Um, if you had, if your dream for the church's role in society, for the church's role in this conversation, so starting, if if the church actually got to a point where they were diverse, right? Yeah. Church, big C church, right? What would your dream for our society look like? If the church actually did what it was supposed to do, what what would what would happen?
1: <laughs> oh my god! A
0: huge question that wasn't in our notes, uh, but that's where I want to land.
1: World peace. i just kidding. No,
0: um, God. What?
1: <laughs> I just I just don't even know where to start. Yeah. What would happen if the church was diver- was diverse
0: and I, and was forward, moving forward, and was moving forward? Yeah.
1: Oh, there'd be so many lies that just would not that that wouldn't survive. Yeah. There'd be a lot more people, I think, coming to Christ. I think the yeah. the, the the harvest
0: mm. we'd be
1: reaping so much.
0: Yeah.
1: We'd be reaping so much. Yeah. Like because the gospel, the gospel like the Bible is, is the authority on everything, yeah. you know? And I mean we believe that, but like yeah. if we if you could get people who didn't look look alike, didn't have the same life experience, didn't have the same mm. whatever, salary, I don't care, like any of that. And you get them to agree. Not even, not even get them to agree because we don't have to coerce. Like I feel like yeah. we have to realize there's no coerce. Like you know, we're not, yeah. we're not forcing anything. We're yeah. exposing people to the truth. Yeah, and they will respond. Yeah, the Bible says so. Good. And so when they do, the world's just going to get a better picture mm-hmm, of heaven. Yeah. They're going to get a. I just think
0: yeah. we'll see more people respond. I was thinking through this today, like. Could it be our greatest evangelism strategy ever to see the church reconciled to yeah. itself? Well, really like, Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. if we were to be a church that was reflective of our community but also just of the world, like, what would that do for our evangelism strategy if no matter where you went, there were people who looked like you and didn't look like you, in agreement about the gospel. Oh, the gospel would be everywhere. It'd be in every issue. It'd be it'd be
1: solving every. I mean, what 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 are you dealing with? Every tribe, every, every tribe, tongue. every tongue. But like also every problem, every micro whatever, yeah. every all the things that some people deal with and that not other people deal, not uh, other people don't deal yeah. with. <laughs> they ah oh, gosh, so many, yeah. so much peace, so it much would change. Change everything. Yeah, I'm going to go with my first answer, world peace.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, let's go to some news headlines. Um, the 1st fir- well, none of these are good, so I just want to— Yes, <laughs>
1: I saw them. Because I was like, Because they come Ooh. from the
0: news, nothing positive. Um, That's—I don't know. Yeah. The first one, uh, man, Aurora, Illinois, a shooter kills five after being fired from a warehouse job. Iman, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Wow <laughs> yeah how, bad. How bad how horrible yeah
1: how horrible and to read that story and just like it was like one intern's first day mm. like that that is that is something yeah. else I think uh something really good about,
0: time to plug our mental health podcast and any mental health resources yeah. um, because that to me seems to be the the crux of the conversation for sure
1: yeah and to know like um reading the story I don't know I, I don't think that the issue was like legislation
0: right.
1: because this was a person who had a gun illegally. Yeah. But uh I think that it's really interesting uh the I think obviously the people would have to I don't know if you're going to put the link the people would have to like read this yeah. to understand the context but the fact that he was like a domestic like uh domestic violence um, committer. Yeah. I don't know. I don't <laughs> so know abuser he actually yeah. He did have the gun
0: illegally. He did. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is weird because he somehow got like a, a mm. registration card even though he was like a he had like a domestic violence felony charge. Yeah, yeah. So, got... so I don't know what the law is in Illinois um, for. And I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna say whatever I want here because it's cool. Me too. My Let's thing. do it. I think um, I am. I am pro Second Amendment all the way. But if you've got a domestic violence felony charge and you can get a gun and a registration card charge uh, card, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, so we've i don't I don't know what the answer is no um, yeah. i' i and I'm just it's kind of like this conversation. I have never known what the answer is as far as guns and anything like that. I think there's a bevy of things you can think as a bible believing Christian, but I also know that this kind of thing shouldn't happen especially when there's a felony charge yeah it's a horrible thing and i'm so yeah.
1: something really cool i used to work at the state house and like one of the most in, uh, interesting times used to work at the state house too yeah but one of the more you know, interesting times working at the state house was like they were going over yeah. this legislation about people who've committed domestic violence and whether how their gun rights should be yeah. as opposed to that of a, of a regular citizen and i think that that is i think i would say extremely limited if right. a person has shown like such violent behavior yeah
0: yeah. Yeah. So again, affirming the Second Amendment as far as I'm concerned, but we got to figure this one out because yeah, I won't. It I would not say
1: I. I don't know. We won't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not anti-Second Maybe next Amendment, time on, but on but one, yeah. one more,
0: yeah, we'll I figure know, yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Second headline. Uh, <laughs> Meas. <laughs> this is a fun one. Knowing you. Uh, oh my god Measles is back because parents aren't vaccinating their kids. Is the headline. Um, there's been an uptick in measles because we got some anti-vaxxers. Yeah. This is um, not funny.
1: We're not snickering because the measles is funny, but yeah. we're snickering because... Uh, what do you I, think?
0: <laughs> I say vaccinate your kids. That's where I'm at. Vaccinate I will say your children.
1: All, yes, vaccinate your children, especially for something as serious as the measles.
0: I don't know what happens. I, I have no idea what the measles actually does. I don't want it to know. You. To me, oh wow. Well, it sounds children? it yeah. sounds honestly kind of fun. Like it could be a, like a park. Stop. I know it's not. Stop. It's not. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like measles is like a fun word almost. So like, um, no. so I, it it, if like it kills you, that's really bad, and you should vaccinate your children.
1: Yeah, but I mean. do you obviously you read the article but it's like you know all these fluff excuses to not vaccinate your children yeah maybe we shouldn't let that survive Yeah. yeah that's your thoughts Yeah, so (laughs) I'm I'm laughing because like I I don't know I've I I like to instigate people and like one of the things I've I've done before is just like try to argue against vaccinations. But reading this story was like, okay, Iman, shut up! Like you obviously have no
0: clue what you're talking about,
1: (laughs) and you were just trying. I was trying to be funny in those times. Yeah, but this this is very serious.
0: Yeah, it's not funny. Not funny. You should vaccinate your kids. Yeah. All right, cool. We're in agreement. So this is a big one. Um, Yeah. So. Southern Baptist, excuse me, abuse of faith, 20 years, 700 victims. Southern Baptist sexual abuse spreads as leaders resist reforms. Um, for those of you listening, basically the Houston Chronicle, great reporting. They yeah. broke a story that within the Southern Baptist Convention there has been some— Which is what Shannon Baptist yeah, which, is, um, which is what our church is a part of. It's, it's the—I want to say the biggest American denomination, evangelical at least— um, doesn't span just the south; it's actually worldwide. Um, and basically, they found that twenty abusers—or uh, sorry, not twenty abusers—over uh, two hundred abusers and seven hundred victims, um, and that there's been some shuffling around. It's—it's it's, just it smacks like of Catholic what's Church. happening in the Catholic Church a little bit. Um, and this article exposes all of that. And so, yeah, Iman, first, what are your thoughts? And then I'll—I'll I'll go with that, and then we'll—we'll we'll figure out from there.
1: I'll say that. Obviously, this is disgusting yeah and it's not reflective of our faith
0: mm that's good
1: and thank God that people will expose it and you know yeah I, right. I you know we were talking earlier about like this team mentality that I yeah. think can be really really toxic yeah. not not can be it is toxic yeah that um we feel the need to defend. People within our denomination, yeah. with not even—I mean—we're we, seeing it in other places too. The Me Too right. movement, people who look like us, people who right. have similarities yeah. to us, we feel the need to defend them, right? Because we feel like we're under attack. It's like yeah. we gotta, we gotta protect the team, and that is not the case at all. Because yeah. these people aren't—they aren't on our team, right? The people who would use this yeah. their their platform for to abuse, um, to be a predator. Yeah. That's that's not yeah. us. That's not.
0: Yeah. And it's not even Southern Baptist. It's it's Christian. It's the church. Like, yeah. these people, if you, <laughs> I mean, I I've said this before, but it reminds me of the the verse in John where where Jesus talks about children and he says, if any one of you causes one of these little children to stumble, it's better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and thrown into the sea. And like, again, context is king, right? So the, that's not what the verse is talking about. But that's what it brings to mind is like, it is much better um, for, it, it is much worse of a judgment for you, and so I agree. Like these people aren't on our team;
1: they're they're not with us. Wolves in sheep's clothing.
0: Wolves in sheep's clothing. They're right, not yeah. they're
1: not on our team, so we yeah. we shouldn't feel this need yeah. to to defend. Yeah. Obviously, we want to pursue yeah. the facts. We want to yeah. pursue truth, yeah. but we do not want to inherently. Yeah. I think just like this knee jerk. But watch watch your, your knee jerk reactions. Mm. I would say to everyone, watch yeah. your reaction to be like, oh, I don't think he did. Oh, I don't. You know, yeah. I don't think that. Like. No, we are yeah. pursue the truth the because facts. that's what we care about. Yeah, I don't care about defending someone just because they claim to be a Baptist, right? Or they claim to be Southern, yeah. Or they claim to I don't know, look like or they yeah. look like me or anything. Right. I don't. That's not why we should yeah. defend other people. I
0: I just I affirm our our president Southern Baptist president is J D Greer, um, and something he is he has form fitted his platform to exposing abusers. He said that, he actually ran on that when he was elected of the president of our convention, which is we're going to expose abusers. Yes. Um, and he also says, we want to move forward without these, <laughs> these. Um, we want to quash these these issues. And so I stand with him and, and uh, with our denomination. And by doing that, I am disavowing everybody. Like anybody that's abuse or, or covered abuse, they don't have a part in this. They're not on the team. Um, they're not with us in any way. And so Man, you said it best. Wolves in sheep's clothing, for so sure. Yeah, go ahead. So we talked about the way back for like a racist. Yeah. Is there a similar way back for someone who? Yeah. A perpetrator, like. So.
1: This, my, I would say. I just want to hear um, yeah. We just, I mean, the verse of whom yeah. I of which yeah. I, I'm the worst. Yeah. I'm, very uncomfortably, that's true. Right for even yes a child molester that's yeah. true for even a person who's committed sexual abuse against yeah. someone so, uh, you know the disenfranchised like yeah. of course that's true but again uh, I'm gonna hit it with the it, but if you think that means that we're going back to to the, an identical relationship right absolutely not yeah and I, I am, would even yeah go ahead I sorry I'm fully okay yeah. with you serving your prison sentence yeah. I'm fully okay with you never preaching in a pulpit again yeah. I. I would champion that. Yeah. that there are consequences, there are results for your actions, there are consequences Absolutely. and that those things we I mean because I mean our, like the gospel what is it, it makes us righteous before God but it doesn't it doesn't change reality.
0: Yeah, I even would say part of repentance is submitting yourself to the consequences of your sin. Yeah. So, like, to me, you're not repenting of sin if you're trying to get out of judgment from a from a judge. Exactly. Like, you're not repentant of sin if you're asking for early... Rel- like, you're not repenting of sin if you're expecting us to let you back into a pulpit. And some of
1: these people, like, they wouldn't even yeah. leave the office during an investigation against them that was right. overwhelmingly looking like they did it. Yeah. Ta- s- to, like, what? Like, don't... Yeah. That person repentance has a yeah. look too. It doesn't,
0: it doesn't have It has words. a smell. It has, it has a, a smell. Yeah. You can recognize yeah. it. It's a little humble. It's more humble uh, yeah. than that. And, and godly sorrow leads to repentance. Worldly sorrow doesn't. Leads to self-righteousness. <laughs> right. And yeah. so, um, I think I would agree. Something you said earlier, which is going to stick with me for a while is there is room for racists or repentant racists at the foot of the cross. Cause there's room for me. There's room for the rapist at the foot of the cross. Cause there's room for me. Um, but that doesn't, in any way, excuse. There's going to be, there's got to be some ways we can know repentance. You'll know it by their fruit. Yeah. And if the fruit is rotten, you cut the tree down and throw it into the fire. And so, yeah.
1: And um, any, per- and I, again, I say, any person who's trying to escape the consequences yeah. of what I mean, we're human. Of course, right. we try. We're trying to right. escape consequences daily.
0: But repentance looks different.
1: But repentance looks different. And yeah. if you're trying to, you know. Not even take a break from wherever you, what what yeah. office you hold. Anything that you do after you've so badly offended yeah. and and made egregious gre-
0: ge- egregious egregious. That's good. Egregious yeah,
1: mistakes. <laughs> then yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: we we have serious issues. All right, Iman. We've talked for a while now. What are your recommendations? This can be anything. We mm-hmm. this is a culture and faith pro- podcast. I say that every week. So yeah, what are your recommendations? What are you watching, reading, listening to? So reading.
1: Uh, I just read "Safe
0: People." Safe people uh, boundaries. Um, oh man, those are good. Yeah, for boundaries sure. Is
1: good. Uh, read those right now. Um, I'm reading Mandela's Way mm. by Richard Stingle. I think is his is that name. that like a
0: biography. Uh,
1: which which one is the one where someone else writes about you? Biography. biography. <laughs> yeah, it's a biography, yeah. and it's great. It's just some some lessons. Uh, yeah, that's good. Cool. And then uh, what else? I would read. Total Money Makeover. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> some Dave
0: Ramsey. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, pod-
1: for that financial
0: gain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, uh, that's good.
1: Podcasts.
0: Uh, more and more? You should listen to more. I mean, that's listen good more one. and
1: more. I would yeah. I would say like definitely the ladies should listen to The Well. Mm-hmm. Out, uh, that's through Shanda, Shannon Baptist through Church. Through Shannon Baptist yeah. Church, for sure. I'd yeah. say also listen to some Dave Ramsey on podcasts.
0: You're all about that money makeover. <laughs> a little bit huh? recently. Yeah, that's good. And no, the Gospel
1: good. Coalition. They've got some really, true.
0: really great a really great podcast yeah. TV
1: wise I'm just a documentary like hoarder I, I'm just I'm trying to watch them all <laughs> yeah. and that's what burned me that's burned me a few times yeah. I would say the ones that I would condone and let people know that I watch <laughs> um, is uh, there's one called Heroin ooh and uh, I won't tell you how to spell that but uh, it's about like the drug epi- the opioid epidemic. and yeah. it's really short too. so don't think you're about to get into like a two hour situation. It's really yeah. like 40 minutes. Mm. Um, my Sunday school teacher recommended that. And I would also, just for your delight, I would watch uh, National Parks Adventure. I think that's what it's called on Netflix. That, John, ja- ooh, I-, I could watch that again tonight. Like, nature? It's, the, it's National Parks Adventure, I what think is, is it? what it's called. It's just like is this. it like a nature
0: documentary? What is it? No,
1: it's a, it's a documentary about kind of like the history of national parks <clears throat> in this country. Wow. And And uh, it's very, it's short. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh, watch Blackfish, too, y'all. Blackfish? Blackfish, Netflix. That's not about race. That's about a whale. I'll let you get it. I'll let y'all get into the rest of that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, What about? Do you have anything to promote? Like we? You first of all. are you even on social media? Do you, I mean, what's that? So, look like? What are you promoting? That's so funny!
1: Out. I I'm actually taking a break from social media this year. Okay. Take a step back from all of that, all those platforms. Mm. Um, just to see kind of what value yeah. they hold, uh, okay. how I can use them better. Yeah. So you can try and follow me at my name is Iman B on Instagram,
0: but your. My not. name is Iman B on Instagram. You might not get accepted for a year. Oh yeah, you're definitely not gonna get accepted until like December
1: 31st. Maybe <laughs> I don't know if I take it back. Yeah. But uh, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Well, this has been the More and More podcast, episode three with Iman Bolden. Um, It's been excellent, first of all. Next week, we're gonna have on Levi Wright to talk uh, in a related issue about refugees and immigration. We're gonna try to unpack that. It's gonna be a little fun because Levi and I are gonna disagree some and we're gonna agree some. So it's gonna be cool. Um, While you're here, you should follow at Shandon College to figure out what our college ministry is doing, what's going on in the life of our church, And as well, go ahead and follow at Hampton Harmon on Instagram. I would love to talk to you uh, and feel free to DM any questions that you have about immigration so that Levi and I can start tackling them next week. Until then, uh, it's been a pleasure having you. Iman, thanks for coming on. You're welcome. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Thanks.